Welcome to the Life Lessons Podcast. I'm Jen Stevens. I'm a retired teacher, the author of several books, including the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, and I love nothing more than building community. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've spent my life helping others through my work in healthcare and as a volunteer for various organizations. We are friends who share a love of learning, problem solving, and bringing people together. Each week, join us as we share inspiring stories and bring you new ideas designed to help you live your best life. So now let's learn something new, get inspired, and have some fun. everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing good. I'm so glad. (laughs) The weather's been so nice and warm after all that cold. Yes. Has it been there? Mm, Sunny, but not warm really the last few days. When it's really sunny. Well, I mean, warm is relative. My husband thinks it's warm, but. Well, it's like 55 degrees today. I like to put my makeup on um, out on the porch like right uh-huh. by the ocean. I, I went and sat at the little high top table because the sun was out and it was only 55 degrees, but with not any wind and the sun hitting me, it felt like heaven. I mean, I have on jeans oh, and a sweatshirt, good. but I didn't have on any shoes and I just was basking in the sun. So I don't like, think you're as humid over there as we are. Well, it's pretty humid here. We have that really wet, cold chill. We're at the ocean. I think it's not I think there's nothing, no place more humid than the ocean. Like really? everything rusts. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would not be outside if it was 55. But it was like so sunny. Like sitting in the sun, I was warm. It Had it been overcast, I wouldn't have been. I took Lulu out yesterday to run some errands. She loves to ride in the truck with me. And we stopped by Eric's work. And he said, are you guys going to go take a walk? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's freezing. He said it's 68 degrees. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm wearing my Uggs and my feet are cold. So no, I'm going back home. <laughs> That's funny. The, the direct sunlight makes all the difference. Yeah. Well, oh, I have a fun thing to share with the listeners. My husband is trying to spice up Tuesday's our date day. And I may tell him he's boring a lot. <laughs> because anything I want to do, he doesn't want to do. So... I'm always like, I'm bored. We don't ever do anything fun. So he texted me at work a couple weeks ago and he's like, I ordered us something fun to do on our date day. And I said, what? And he's like, oh, we're going to paint together. And I think I've told everybody on here, I do not do arts and crafts like at all. He's so proud of himself. And he's like, do you want to see the painting I picked out? Do you want to? And I was just like, no. (laughs) And I was surly. I'm like, why on earth do I want to paint? Like, I don't. And I'm trying not to act disappointed that this was his super fun project. And he got in and I kept trying to stall him not to do it. And I finally couldn't stall him any further. And <laughs> so <laughs> he said, why don't you pick up a bottle of wine? And we'll just have a few drinks and relax and paint. And I was like, okay. So I did it. I had fun. <laughs> and y'all did such a good job. I saw I the picture. Fun. It's I just like it's my two. Words. It's a diptych. It's two pictures that are side by uh-huh. side. Now, when you hang it, are you going to like leave a little gap between them? Well, you're not supposed to. I like them with a gap. I wanted you to do tell like you like them that. with a gap. Yes, 
I think if, I don't think you're supposed to paint them butted up together because otherwise you would have just painted one big one. I think having, like I've got a couple like downstairs in the guest bedroom where you slept here at this house, uh-huh. I've got that picture of the pier that's a diptych uh-huh. and I have it, you know, a few inches apart. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know how it's supposed to work. I thought you're supposed to put them together. The problem is if we take them apart, the inside edge is not painted so it'll be like white. It's already driving me crazy. So I might have to get the paint out and paint the inside edge. I'll do that if you need to. Yeah. And then he wanted to hang it in the guest bedroom, but it doesn't go in here. And I told him that. I was like, it does not go in the guest bedroom. So it may be hanging in our bedroom. Well, I think it's it's really nice. It's like two trees with the heart and they like The two combine. trees come together I and love it. make a heart branch. It's really mm-hmm. cute. We did a good job. It looks really good. You just watch a tutorial. It's called Painting to Go, G-O-G-H, like Van Gogh. And you can do solo. You can do the diptychs. But anyways, it comes with a tutorial that they send you, and you follow along. And we just cast it to the TV so we could watch it. Oh, you did it at your house? Yeah, we did it at our house. Oh, I thought you went somewhere and did it. Did they nope. send you the box of stuff? They send you the box, the easels, oh, the paint. I didn't know. So the know. first time you do it, it's kind of expensive. I thought you went somewhere. Okay. No, nope. because you have to buy the brushes and the easel. And okay. then with each painting you buy, they send you the paint and the canvas. Oh, so then you've got the paint. So you totally can paint the inside. Well, each, yeah, I have the paint still. Yeah, so I'm just going to paint the inside. So yeah, the first time is kind of expensive because you have to buy the new painter kit. Yeah. But then after that, you just buy a new painting, and then they send you the paint that goes with each painting. What a great idea. And it was it was a lot of fun. I could see it being like a great girls' night thing if you just want to. I mean, I know there's like all those sip and stroke places and whatever, but this you can just do at home. in your own house and whatever. I think it would be a fun like thing for moms and daughters to do or whatever. Love it. I didn't realize that. But I don't see a lot of guys standing around doing this, but... well. <laughs> But we had fun doing it. It was fun and it turned out great. I mean, I was terrified. I was like, I don't know how to paint a tree, but they talk you through it and tell you exactly how to do it. And I think we did a pretty good job. You did. So, well, now it's time for our weekly good news segment. Julie shares a lovely story from her community. She writes, Mac Washburn is so full of love and joy and happiness that it's very contagious. Last night at our annual Christmas parade, she wasn't in the parade, but I'm guessing that she was the most encouraging person at the parade, for sure. Her joy was so contagious that everyone around her caught it. People on floats were greatly encouraged by Mac as they rode by. She shouted, Happy Merry Christmas to every float, every person, never slowing up a bit. She told every person she possibly could how beautiful they looked in their costumes, too. No one last night probably had more excitement and joy than this happy seventh grade student. I've never seen anything like it. Everyone that knows Mac is encouraged and uplifted by her presence. The local Chamber of Commerce saw what a difference Mac made at the community parade and how many local community members commented on her positivity and holiday spirit and published the following. Sweet Mac epitomizes everything our parade stands for. Joy, encouragement, excitement, innocence, and hope. Thanks for cheering on and thanking all of our amazing parade participants, Mac. We are so thankful for you. As such, will you please do us the honor of serving as our first ever junior grand marshal next year? We created this position just for you as a way of recognizing and honoring the joy you added to so many lives through the parade this year and the countless people 
who read about you on social media. So often, communities focus on the negative, sharing news stories related to crime and disgruntled customers. And I just love that this community decided to shine a light on positivity and reward a person who is contributing to the joy in her community. I think so too. I think we need to focus on the joy, focus on the good because it's there, which is why we start with a good news segment every week. (laughs) (laughs) So listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. So before we get to the life lesson of the week, I want to take a minute to talk about Beauty Counter. And Sherry, I need to tell you my hair saga. Yes. My hair, when I got here, you know, I had a, a person who did my hair for years and she was amazing in Augusta. So part of moving to a whole new place is, unless I want to drive four hours every six weeks to get my hair done, I do not, then I needed to find somebody new. So I found somebody new. The very first person I went to ruined my hair. She did this, all this foil and like made it blonder. It destroyed my hair down in the long parts of it. It mm-hmm. got to the point where it was so tangly and just awful. So I was like, I think I need to find a different shampoo. Because, you know, I've been using Beauty Counter for, for right. so long now. It's like, there's got to be something out there. So I first went to a place that sold all different kinds of shampoo and asked the lady, I mean, look, you know, I'm cleanish, but I was right. desperate. I was like, it doesn't have to be super clean. It just has to, my hair has to be better. Something has to help. And the first thing she gave me smelled so, like, when after you washed, like, it, the aroma just came yes. off of me. And Mm -hmm. Chad will still like call me. He'll be in a store to be like, I smell someone who smells like your shampoo that I didn't. I'm like, thank you. You don't have to keep telling me that. I I took it back. I I took it back. It was a store that takes it back um, if you don't like it. And then I tried some more natural brands and I tried so many different things and all of them were just awful. My hair was worse. So I was like, you know, everything I'm using makes my hair even worse than before. So I went back to someone I've been going to who's been trying to help, not the same girl from the first time. And, you know, she did a lot of cutting. We're not doing the color the same way. So she got some of the dead part out. But guess what shampoo was the best shampoo of all the shampoos? Beauty counter. It was beauty counter. So I was like, finally, I was just like, there's nothing better. There's nothing better out there. So I'm back to my beauty counter and not going to stray again. Anyway. I just read a story online about some shampoo manufacturer is being sued. There's like a big class action lawsuit because people were losing their hair. I think I know which one. Well, shampoo. Yeah. And some chemical that they put in it, which like is a known damaging to hair chemical, but they put it in their shampoo. And now all these people are, yeah. or somebody brought a class action lawsuit. And it's a popular shampoo brand that's been around for years and years and years, but yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, I ventured away and there was nothing better. So I'm back to beauty counter. So anyway, the point of that is if you have not tried beauty counter yet, you really have nothing to lose. Go to jenstevens.com slash beauty counter, or you can go to beautycounter.com slash jenstevens. Either one will take you there. And I love the shampoo and the conditioner. And there's really nothing else out there that compares to it to me. It doesn't make my hair have some weird smell. I'm sniffing it now. It smells nice. 
<laughs> Apparently, we we're all very sensitive. Will said it made me, the bad stuff that I used that one time made me smell like an old lady. I'm like, I do not want to smell like an old lady. Thank you, Will. <laughs> anyway, well, they have other great stuff too. I love their makeup. I love their skincare. I love their lotion. So if you haven't tried their products, you know, they, they have a great guarantee. If something doesn't work for you, you can send it back. Anyway, you have nothing to lose and a lot to gain. So stop doing what I did and trying a bunch of stuff. And Beauty Counter is the one. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week, we are going to talk about the power of hugs, connection, and how important it is to know that we are cared about. It's also an opportunity for us to showcase a small woman-owned business, which we like to do from time to time. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you have thought or said, I could really just use a hug right now? Do you know why a hug is so powerful? Both giving and receiving hugs give both parties a boost of oxytocin, the love hormone. So when we are feeling defeated or sad or alone, of course we crave a hug. Internally, we are seeking that boost of oxytocin that makes us feel loved and cared for. It can also slow your heart rate by up to 10 beats per minute, which automatically relaxes the body. Hugging also can decrease pain in the body. And in addition to providing physical changes in the body, hugging deepens relationships and improves depression. So during the pandemic, when so much was changed and human connection was less, I heard time and time again from people, my patients especially, that they just really missed human connection and that they were feeling so disconnected from their loved ones. So our guest today, Jennifer Barsonis, decided to tackle that problem. She joins us today to talk about what she did to bridge the distance between two people to help them feel the love and calm of a hug. So welcome, Jen. Thank you so much. Well, it's great to have you here today. And before we get into your background and your story, what is the main lesson you hope to share with our listeners today? I think the key takeaway really is that any act, no matter how small, that thoughtful, genuine act, even when we're apart, can connect us. So even those small things that you may think don't make a big impact, when they're done from a genuine, caring place, even if we're apart, it connects us. That is so true. I agree. Yep. So tell us just a little bit about your background, if you would. Yes. So I definitely, I don't know what is typical, I guess, at this point, but I don't think I have a typical entrepreneurial background. I worked in HR for 15 years. I like to say that I'm cool HR, not scary HR. (laughs) Um, But I, you know, I worked in HR for a long time. I care about employees. You see that people don't always feel appreciated and valued at work. And so, you know, that's always kind of been in my background. I have two kids that are eight and 10. And, you know, so just a typical working mom, (laughs) I think. I do pride myself or try to be as thoughtful. I do care about others. And so really what, you know, my background, I guess, had led me to is wanting to comfort a friend and not seeing a solution that, you know, met what I wanted or what I needed. So tell us about that. What inspired you to start your business exactly? Yep. I actually, I have owned businesses in the past. I've kind of started to have an interest in wanting to own my own destiny from a standpoint of similarly, you know, employees not feeling valued. I wanted my own business so that I had employees that I decided what their benefits were, what their pay raise was, and wasn't in a big corporate setting. So I think that is what opened me up to the idea of having a business. 
but initially I was just caring for a friend. She um, is a close friend from college. Her mom had passed away from COVID, but right before Christmas. And normally I would get on a plane and go be there, hug her. I am a hugger, as cheesy as that might sound. That is my personal brand, I guess, amongst my friends. So I wanted to hug her and I couldn't get on a plane. And so when I looked to send her something, like you send flowers, right? but it didn't feel personal enough. Like I wanted to squeeze her and make her, you know, feel comforted. So, you know, I looked for hug gifts and I just wasn't finding what I was looking for, but I came across a teddy bear with long arms and had an idea to send her a hug in a box. And so I attached the bear's arms to the box flaps so that when she opened the box, the arms would open for a hug and wrote a poem. (laughs) If I could fit in the box to hug you, I would, but since I can't hug the bear instead. And so I sent that to her just as a gift, just like, I wish I could be there. And then we had a good response. People thought, oh, that's such a cute idea. And so my husband and I were like, maybe we should do it. (laughs) So we did. That is such a cute idea. So when someone opens the boxes, it always opens up like that? Yeah. So the arms, we ended up submitting a patent for it. So it's patent pending, but we, I attached the arms to the box flap so that it opens with it. So it's like, hug me. (laughs) I love that. Now I'm like, I love Shark Tank. Do you watch Shark Tank? I have applied an embarrassingly (laughs) high number of times. (laughs) I stalk all of them on social media. Actually, I noticed you have a Shark Tank box. Uh, a shark tank Don't box. you? Yeah. What? You have a box that you can send that's Shark Tank or something. Well, I've I've posted probably like videos of me applying to Shark Tank. Okay. <laughs> Shamelessly plugging myself. I don't. Well, that's, I shark. didn't even know that. I just like said well, this should be on Shark Tank. <laughs> well, that's what I, it reminds me of. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that because I stalk all of them and I yeah. applied. Damon John recently shared our page on his story. So that was kind of exciting. So I'm like, they know we exist. I'm just going to be persistent. Do it. Be persistent. That's the squeaky wheel, right? I say do it. That's right. But it it seems like something you would see on there. So with the patent and the bear comes out of the box with the hug. So I love that. So it's a hug in a box. Yeah. Hug in a box, which is a new concept. So we do have to educate a fair amount. If I tell people like, oh, I started a business, it's called box full and we send a hug in a box, they look at you like, okay, what is that? (laughs) So there is an education element that goes along with it. Like how is a hug in a box? Right. (laughs) Okay. I I had to go look at your website because I'm like, I swear I saw something about Shark Tank. The Snacktive box full of hugs. Okay. (laughs) I, I had to go look. I was like, I, you know, I'm sleep deprived a lot, but I swear I saw this twice. <laughs> no, okay, so that you're right. I because I'm persistent and borderline obnoxious, I was stalking Snacktive, who was a founder that they featured on Shark Tank uh-huh. and they did get a deal. I and gotcha. he's turned into like a really lovely mentor. He's been so nice. Like we message all the time. And so we partnered on a college care package box with the Snacktive, and then you can send snacks with it. But you're, you, you're I right. gotcha. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I didn't look at it in depth. I just knew the word Shark Tank was in there. Yeah. So, which I thought maybe you had been on Shark Tank. What is your website address? And for, for real, I know we'll have that in the show notes, but just in case people are like want to look at it right now. Yeah. Our website is sendaboxful, 
with two L's.com. Okay. It's really <laughs> cute. Thank you. We actually designed our own teddy bear. So the bear that I was using when we started, we couldn't get at a wholesale price. We were purchasing at retail. So for the first year, it was just a really expensive hobby, but we designed and manufactured our own bear. So now that bear is our bear. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I wouldn't even know where to start to have somebody manufacture a bear for me. So I Googled teddy bear toy designer on LinkedIn and Uh then found my way. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. And I love that you don't just have bears. Correct. But you have dogs and other animals. Yes, yeah, I'm, so I'm a dog lover, so of course I was zoomed in on the dog. <laughs> we've partnered with yeah another toy manufacturer so that we can add more variety. That's fun. That's fun. I mean, like I could even see this being a great gift for somebody who like lost a pet or anything. Really, we have sent them. We've sent them for loss of uh, pets for to college students, to new babies, birthdays, condolences. I mean, it's a little overwhelming (laughs) how broad the application. It's really for anybody who could use a hug, whether it's a happy time or a hard time. So have you heard some stories from people who have received these boxes and and what they've, how they felt when they got them? So yes and yes. (laughs) One of the most important stories to me happened about a month into us having Boxful. We received an order from a woman for four children who um, had lost their mom to COVID like at Christmas. And so um, the children were anywhere from 14 to nine. And I lost my mom when I was nine. So it definitely kind of, you know, you identify with what's going on there. And so I wrote a special poem for those four kids, just maybe something I would have wanted to hear or you want your kids to hear, but I was crying like the whole weekend. It was an emotional process. And then I asked her what she would like me to write in the card. And she said she wanted the Lord's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you, which I think is not uncommon, but not common for a card, but it meant something to me that that's what my mom had requested the pastor say to her in the hospital and at her funeral. Wow. So I bet that felt like a God wink, didn't it? Have you ever heard the term God wink? Yes. I mean, it felt, it felt like it was genuinely my mom saying like, okay, this is a good idea. You should do this. So that was really impactful early on. But I mean, we get texts and pictures of it's having coffee with me this morning, or look, it's wearing a scarf. And that bear is going in your place. And so when you talk about the importance of hugs and how they connect us, even sending a hug in your place tells that person, I care so much about you. I wish I could be there to hug you. And I can't. So this is like me, a stand-in. And it really means so much to the people that receive it. Because they're going through, whether it's a good time or a bad time, they're going through a major emotional event, typically. I mean, that has been the most amazing part of all of this, is just helping connect people in those times and, like, making everybody feel good. Well, and it's not just, like, a bouquet of flowers that's going to die in seven days and you're going to throw it away, right? So, you know, even two months later, six months later, down the line, when you look at this bear or whatever, you know, you choose to send to this person— it's a visual reminder 
every time that you look at it that I am loved. And a tactile experience because you touch it and it's snuggly and you hug it. And yeah, I mean, I think it's a brilliant idea because it's hug. I mean, you are hugging the bear and it's hugging. Should the arms go around? Like, are they long? Like the first one? Yes. They're very, they're very long. So it's, and they're weighted. The feet and the hands have little beads to kind of weight it. So there's a little more to it. I wish your listeners could see us all mimicking a hug. I know we're all hugging. (laughs) (laughs) We're all air hugging in our (laughs) own space. (laughs) But yes, I mean, that's perfectly, perfectly stated, Sherry, that it is I mean, it's a constant reminder. So my friend lost her mom in December when Mother's Day came around. I texted her and I said, you know, that hug is there anytime you need it. It's not Mm -hmm. just a one-time gift. It is a, it's constantly there for when something hits you wrong one day, you know, you can squeeze it, sleep with it, smack it on the couch if you're, if it's not a good day, but it's, it's always there for you. Yeah, I could see this even just being a great gift for, I mean, like, I just thought I have a lot of friends whose spouses are military, and I just thought, you know, a military dad who's being deployed or mom who sends this to their kid, you know, right as they're deploying and with the message that, like, anytime you want a hug, this is my stand-in, you know, I'm giving you a hug. Like, I just think that would be touching. We have had some dads send them to their to their kids on deploy when they're on deployment. And that is really touching. And I mean, I handwrite the messages, the messages that people write to people. I mean, they're, wow. they're so touching, so touching. So yes, but the military is another, I think, great place for it. Recently had a military wife send one to another military wife whose husband was on deployment. Oh, that's sweet. That's so thoughtful. Yeah, we've had a lot of, a lot of long distance relationships where you can't be with the person. So we sent quite a few of those over the holidays. Oh, I love that too. Now my mind is just like thinking, thinking yes. like, who could I send a hug to? <laughs> I to a brainstorming session on how I can grow my business. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that's also another important part of this conversation is, you know, starting a business and, and how do you do that? And for those people like me, Sherry, do you watch Shark Tank as well? I don't. Oh my Lord, you should watch it. <laughs> it is such a good show. <laughs> it's been on for so long now. People will be on there. They're like teenagers. They're like, I've been watching it since I was born. I'm like, oh my Lord, <laughs> it's been on for a long time. <laughs> but so you just started, you just said, I'm doing it. And you jumped in. There was zero business plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty impulsive and like the idea person and like, let's just try it. Like what, what's the harm in trying it? And so we just really ran with it. And I think like with anything, if you are thinking about it too long, it won't happen. So right. like, don't overthink it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. A friend of mine, she's a very successful entrepreneur. And one of her favorite phrases is take imperfect action. Because if you wait for it to be perfect, you'll never do it. Mm-hmm. So you just take imperfect action and you're messing up along the way. And you're like, oh, that didn't work. And then you try something new. But hearing her say that gave me such permission to to fail. You know, you, you don't have to get it right on the first try. You just keep going. Well, and I, I mean, even the perceived failure, you learn something from. So, you know, I had purchased a franchised daycare with a business partner. That was kind of my first try at running a business and it was awful. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) the, the ownership piece was, was great. 
and I learned a ton. The business partner was not a good relationship, but I'm thankful for all of it because I learned a lot from it. And then you just try again. You learn you learn a lot right. from bad partners, right? <laughs> you learn when you have that a, happening here, but when yes. you have a good partner, like Sherry and I are great, a great yes. team. But you know, I had to have another experience where I was not a great team with somebody to appreciate a good team. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, and giving yourself permission, as you kind of said, to it's okay to fail. Yeah. <laughs> like don't stick with something and feel like you have to see it through. If it's not a fit, then move right. on to the next thing. Well, that makes yeah. me think, Sherry, about when we started the Delayed the on Tonight Social That's Network. That's exactly what I've been yeah, thinking about. Yeah, we started something, Jen. It was, um, uh, we have an online community for intermittent fasters, and we started it. We left Facebook, and are you there? Are you? in it. So I actually, yes, I, I did the Delayed Don't, yeah, did Delayed Don't Did you go to the deny. Social Network, or are you the community? Which one? On the Facebook group. You were in the Facebook group. Okay. Yes. Well, when we left the Facebook group, we went to a platform that seemed like it was going to be amazing. <laughs> And, and it, it had terrible technology. <laughs> it just didn't support the the type of stuff we needed. It was really old, old platform. But we thought it was like a plus that it was an old platform because they've been around a while. They know what yeah. they're doing wrong. <laughs> so we had to pivot. We had to move to another platform that was way better. But we learned along the way. You know, we learned a lot of things. And so it, it was a, a good experience. We learned what we like and what we don't like. And we appreciate everyone who moved with us. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you have to like, not feel bad about it. Like don't, we did our best. We tried. Yeah, we tried. We did our best. And then we tried to make it right. You know, when it wasn't Mm -hmm. right for people, we tried to make it right. And that's all you can do. And well, I had again, early on, like a really not, well, I won't say really bad, but not an ideal customer experience. So when I had originally started, we put an insert into the box that told our story, like who, who's Boxful? So introduce ourselves. But I said in there that we started Boxful when a close friend lost their parent. Like I specifically said that there was a death. Right. And a woman ordered it and sent it to her dad who had pancreatic cancer. When he received the box and read that, it triggered him, I think. And he called her all upset, like, why would you send this to me? Like, and so then she reached out to me and I talked to her and I, of course, that's not our intent. And I said, I was happy to explain that to her dad. So I, I wrote an email that went to her dad. I refunded her box. I changed the language in in the about us and on our website. So I think it's very important to me because this is such a, like meaningful and emotional interaction that it is perfect. And if it's not perfect, I am committed to doing whatever right. I can to fix it. I get it. It's a labor of love for you. Yeah. Oh, yes. And to yes. think that it made someone have discomfort for whatever reason. Uh, yeah. Right. And and he appreciated the explanation and it all turned out fine. But I mean, that like broke my heart. That something that's supposed to be so well-intended didn't hit. So, right. But, own it, explain it, fix it, you know, has kind of been the mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's so important. Anytime you're running a business is if, you know, somebody comes to you with a problem and you just try to cover it up or you act like it's not a problem, then that leaves the consumer really frustrated. And they're like, I wasn't heard. They, they don't care. And I think that's the quickest way to lose customers. Yeah. 
And and that caring is mm-hmm. like the center of what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Exactly. Because yeah, exactly. you want the person receiving the box to feel like they're getting a hug, not feeling like, what is this in the box? What is it? Yeah. I like this. <laughs> yeah, it's just yes. have, you, you, you could not have anticipated that someone would read that the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. So let's pivot just a little bit. So when we started, I explained from a scientific perspective why hugs are so important. But yeah. to you personally, why, as the as the hugging expert, <laughs> that's right. I am. Why do you, why do you think hugs are so important? I mean, there's, as you mentioned, kind of in the intro, there's significant research on the importance of touch and how a hug and touch releases oxytocin. And there's varying studies on like the length, but I think at least a ten to fifteen second squeeze <laughs> seems to be enough to release that oxytocin, which is relieving stress, helps relieve anxiety. I think even before COVID, you know, we experienced anxiety coming out of COVID, certainly higher. <laughs> and one third of people in their lifetime are going to experience some level of anxiety. And so I think, you know, the hug is so important from the standpoint that touches the first sense you actually develop in the womb. So touch is really important to us. And so, you know, that hug, even from a stuffed animal. So there was actually a study that looked at individuals squeezing a pillow that released oxytocin similar to an actual act of hugging. So that touch, that squeeze is really important to our emotional well-being and I think what's amazing about what we've kind of done here is that even when you're apart, you can create that moment for the people you love. That's fascinating to it me. It is. Really. And now I'm like imagining children carrying around their stuffed animals and exactly. hugging them. I'm like, they are getting something out of that beyond uh-huh. just this is my cute little toy. I never thought of that. So 40% of adults still sleep with a stuffed animal. I recently read that. 40? That would be the one that I'll admit to it. That's so <laughs> funny. More. Right, right. 40% yeah. of adults sleep with a stuffed animal. I do not, nor does Chad. <laughs> do you, Sherry? Do you sleep with a stuffed animal? No, I do sleep with a body pillow that I hug to go to sleep, well, though. So it may provide the similar... Your special friend, the body pillow. <laughs> well, her, na- her name is Bertha. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, zero judgment on whatever gets you to, you know, the best night's sleep. <laughs> well, Chad sleeps with a pillow that he hugs. So I, he has a se- yeah. extra pillow that he, yep, I well, get it. Well, draw two eyes on it and a mouth, and now you have a stuffed animal. So <laughs> add <to> the category. <laughs> All right, I'll do that. That'll be so funny. Chad will be like, what is on my pillowcase? I, I really actually do that. still be- have a koala bear from when I was a baby, and I do sleep with it sometimes. No. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. So yeah, I really, when you were talking and then Jen said the same thing, was I was thinking about these kids and you hear about parents saying like, oh my gosh, they're eight years old. I can't get them to get rid of their stuffed animal and they drag it around with them everywhere. I mean, I feel like in some way then that child is being soothed or calmed by this, right? And so like, Maybe it's not a bad thing for them to carry this. Now, if they're going to school and they need to take it with them, (laughs) then maybe you need to be looking at why is my child needing to be calmed at school? Are they having some anxiety issues? Are they having some self-esteem issues or whatever? 
because that could be a clue to a little bit more emotional distress that they're not able to like leave that behind. Yeah, now I'm thinking, I mean, maybe people shouldn't be saying, you don't need to take your stuffed animal bed, you're 12. I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe it's not the worst thing in well, the world. Well, I mean, if 40% of adults sleep with stuffed animals, then everybody who's listening, stop bothering your children about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Let them live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think, and one of the studies talked about this, is that adults carrying it into adulthood, you know, it's that transitional object. Like when you're a child, it gives you comfort. As you transition into adulthood, I mean, you've matured and maybe there are some other mechanisms you can use to to cope, but it still is a reminder of that comfort. And so even in adulthood, it can bring, it can bring comfort. 75, 70% of our orders go to adults. Yeah, I yeah. believe it. Well, it's, you know, when you reached out to us about being on the podcast to share your story, I knew we were booked up until like May with interviews, but I was like, I just loved what you were doing. And I thought, okay, Valentine's Day is coming out and Valentine's Day is a hard day for so many people, whether it's because they're recently widowed or a widower, or they have lost a loved one, a child or whatever, or they're just alone on Valentine's Day and they're, you know... Some people really struggle with being alone on Valentine's Day. So I thought, what a great gift that somebody could send their loved one in time for Valentine's Day so that they don't feel like they're forgotten on this day of love. It is. I mean, Valentine's Day means something to some people and not to others, but why not use it as an excuse to show that you care? <laughs> you know, Absolutely. I mean, it's still a, a hard day, as you mentioned, for some people. And we send happy boxes. We send a lot of boxes to bring comfort and condolences. And, and again, that's kind of it's our origin is out of caring for someone who's going through some level of grief. And so I think that it is a hard day for people. And if you have something physically in front of you that you can hold and squeeze, that's an amazing thing that you can do for someone, even if you can't be there with them. Yeah, I agree. I love that. What advice do you have for a person who thinks, you know, I want to start a business. I don't know where to start. Where does a person start? That's a great question. I mean, going back to the, like, just do it. That's kind of easy to say. It's a generic (laughs) generic, um, (laughs) thing to say. But, you know, I think you have to be open to the idea. So, you know, I think, again, Boxful was just a gift for a friend. But because I knew that I wanted to own a business and run a business at someday, I was open to turning that into something. Mm -hmm. I think you start with being open to the moments or opportunities that, that are presented to you, you know, the, the whole concept of like manifestation, you still have to do the work. (laughs) So, but if you're, you're already thinking and talking through, I want to own a business, I need to be open to it. Then when that opportunity comes to you, like take it and don't, don't hesitate. I think that, um, there's a lot of great resources. So the small business administration, each, at least probably each County has one, but I've done a lot of work with our local director and his job is to help start businesses in his County. (laughs) That is true. That is what my brother does for a living. 
Oh, he, he does? He That's does crazy. that. Yep. My brother does that. And he works for Clemson University now, but he helps people start businesses and there are resources. That's what people don't realize. You think you're like starting on your own. There are resources that are available to you in your community that can help you with you know, things you don't even know, like legal help or finding resources yeah. that you didn't even know you needed. And it snowballs. Like, yeah. I feel like once you find out that one piece of inf- or one resource, then you find out 10 more and then they lead you to 10 more. So there are a number of resources often free to you. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other big partner for us has been our local chamber of commerce. We actually won innovative business of the year in October. So we are very oh, congratulations through our chamber. So I think they want to advocate too, to build businesses in their communities. So finding those resources that are going to champion you because it's also in their interest, I think is a good, a good start as well. It's interesting to me that your business is primarily online, but your community chamber and like local resources are so big about helping you. Um, like I would have always assumed they would only help people who were trying to build storefront businesses in the community. So yeah, that's really interesting. I would never have thought that they would be helping an online retailer. My goal is to grow it to something much bigger. So I would like to have distribution centers where I live or an office with employees that that help us fulfill on my vision. Right. <laughs> so I do, I want to grow it pretty significantly. And so maybe that's another piece that interests them. Yeah. Now I'm like, gonna, I'm going to envision you on Shark Tank. So I'm going to Please. send it out. Please. Sending out Dream the vibes. I'm dreaming it for you. And I'll be like, like I know her. <laughs> do you have ready-made boxes like in hospital gift shops or So talk florists? Speaking of failures. Thank you for bringing up yet another failure. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a fantastic idea and I need to get there. We tried in a local children's hospital. What I learned is I don't know anything about retail. <laughs> so I didn't have a real signage. Like I said, we're, we need to educate. You walk into a gift shop and you just see a teddy bear in a box. You don't know what it is. You don't understand it. I'm also super inspired by Sarah Blakely and Spanx her story. Mm -hmm. And she talked a lot about like creating advocates in the stores for her brand. So in hindsight, I wish I would have offered to send the women that work there boxes for free so that they could experience it and then advocate for us in the store. That makes sense. So I want to do that. It's an awesome opportunity for the hospital to upsell. You can add candy, lotions, lip gloss, like whatever you sell in the shop, you can add to the box. Mm-hmm. So it has a future and I would like to get there, but I learned a lot through that experience. So what are you working on right now? Like what's next for you? I am working on two things. One is building brand awareness. So I very much appreciate your time. We are about to work with a PR firm with the hopes of maybe seeing this on Good Morning America and things like that. So we're still in a growth and education you know, phase. So that's a big piece. The second thing that I want to look into and we're starting to work on is since we send quite a few boxes for grief, you know, someone has lost someone, I'd like to offer a service where you could pick three dates in the future that are meaningful to that person. You know, maybe the person who passed their birthday and anniversary, Mother's Day. 
and we can curate a thoughtful box, not necessarily another hug, but a thoughtful box of maybe their favorite things or something specific to that date or holiday so that you can kind of be thoughtful (laughs) throughout the year without Mm -hmm. a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. We've done several episodes on grief and, you know, when we had a, a mother who lost her young child and she said during the whole event and during the, you know, the funeral and whatever, and for a month afterwards, everybody's, are you okay? Do you need anything? Whatever. And then the phone stops ringing. Right. It's over, but it isn't And then, over. you know, there's these other hard days down the road mm-hmm. that there's nobody there for you then. So I think that's just great to like follow up and let people know that, yes, people are still thinking of you. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah. My uncle passed somewhat unexpected, well, very unexpectedly um, last year. I'm sorry, a year ago. So his one year anniversary came up and we, my family, we made some boxes, not a hug in a box, but just, you know, boxes for his daughters, my dad, my grandma, his, my uncle of some of his favorite things. Like, you know, it's a hard day, but remember him through some of his favorite things. And then I was like, well, that would be kind of nice to do for others. So I'm not sure how to do it yet, but that's something I'm working on. Yeah, I, th- I think that that I think that people would really have a need for that. Yeah, I believe I think so too. Something that strikes me about you while you're talking is that you have a you have a passion for what you're doing, and I you can put a flyer up anywhere, but until people hear you talk about how much you believe in this, I don't think it's as impactful as as hearing you talk about it. So. I mean, like passion when it comes to a small business. You didn't talk about that, but I think that's so important. Anybody can drum up some business idea that might make them money. But if you're not passionate about it, if you don't believe in it, it's just going to be another job. It's not going to be, you're not going to be fulfilling your purpose. So I've been, I've actually been thinking about my husband for Christmas, got me a TED Talk book. (laughs) So I've been thinking, and I was reading it, it's really A book about giving a TED Talk? Yeah, it, yeah, it's by the founder, or not the founder, but the, I should know the author, I don't, but the <laughs> okay. man today who's leading TED Talks, and it's like advice on how to, kind of how to communicate in general, but specifically around presenting or sharing an idea, and it talks a lot of being passionate about what you're talking about. I could totally go into, but I, I mean, I genuinely feel like I found my purpose. Right. A thousand percent. Ten years ago, when people are like, what are you passionate about? What's your purpose? I was like, I have no idea. And I hated the question. But now I am confident. And like you said, those the God winks, I've had more than I can count now at this point. And I really, yes, feel passionate and strongly about what we're doing. And I want to do it every day. That's how you know. That's how you know it's the right thing. Like running a, a franchise daycare was not it. <laughs> That was not what got you up in the morning and made you excited. It might be a great living. Also, I have a foul mouth. Oh. <laughs> so owning a daycare, most of my friends were like, you were I going where? I had to watch what I said 20, all the time. When I was a teacher, I couldn't yeah. say anything. I mean, crap is a bad word in a daycare. <laughs> it's true. So yeah, that wasn't, but that's fine. I learned something from it. Yeah. 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 So I think like for you, you were just going along, you kind of had this idea in your head, you wanted to start a business and then 
there was that spark. So I think, I mean, I really think people need to slow down and notice the sparks. Like what sparks joy? And if that sparks joy and that's something that, you know, you could see yourself being an advocate for, enthusiastic about, you know, maybe that's your niche. Maybe that's where you figure out where how to start a business. And don't feel bad about it if that's what you're passionate about. Right. Like, I remember in a, I worked at a big Fortune 500 company in, in HR. And so you're supposed to be really strategic and like driven career-wise and all these things. I really just cared about employees and wanted to make that their day the day, you know, fine. I got, I had a performance review and my manager didn't talk about how I was strategic, didn't talk about anything that the company valued. He just said, you're really thoughtful. Like one of the most thoughtful people I've met. And I took that as an insult. Like it wasn't a compliment because that company doesn't value thoughtfulness. They value driven type A people focused on deliverables. And so when you talk about like what sparks you, like, yes, I, I want to be thoughtful and do thoughtful (laughs) things and I shouldn't feel bad that I'm thoughtful. Right. So like, don't force yourself to fit into something that you think you should embrace what you are, be proud of what you are and then pursue that. And so I feel like I finally with this have stepped into like, no, I, yes, I'm thoughtful. That's what I want to be. I don't need to be a strategic person in an industrial business, you know? That is really, really true. And, you know, if you'd have asked me 10 years ago, I would have had no idea what I'd be doing right now and and how my life would look. You can always reinvent yourself. You were not stuck being an HR person for the rest of your life just because that's the job you had. Now you're doing something that you love and it brings you joy. And you know the saying, you know, find something you love to do and you'll never work again a day in your life. That is how I feel about what I do. Mm-hmm. Which sounded ridiculous yeah, when I did. that 10 years ago. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, we all have to go to work. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But it's true. But when you find it, yeah, it is true. Yeah. You just have to be open to it and, like, don't fight it. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny because, um, well, I work in healthcare and it's got one of the biggest burnout rates of any industry out there. And especially in nursing, so many nurses Teaching's are burned right out. right up there, too. Yes. Teaching, especially after COVID. Mm -hmm. I know teachers are just burned out. And I think people really think like, this is what I trained for. This is what I was school for. I've done it 20 years. What else would I do? And, but even within your industry, there are so many ways you can pivot. It's true. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe you don't want to teach a classroom full of kids anymore, but maybe you could be an educator for a business. And, you know, there's so many ways different avenues you can take with your skills that you have and change it up and find something that you're passionate enough about to do every day where you don't, you know, dread going to work and trying to check all the boxes and be the person you're supposed to be and, and, and be miserable. And not everyone should be an entrepreneur or wants to be an entrepreneur. There's a term called intrapreneur, which is basically like I work within a company and I have a desire to like change, implement, impact, but I want to do it within a company that's already established. So you don't have to go start a business to feel like you're living your purpose. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, think about what those skills are, strengths are. I think the strengths, especially as an HR person are so 
important to focus on versus the development needs. Mm-hmm. Um, the development needs, they're what they are. <laughs> You're probably not going to change them. Right. What are those strengths and things that get you excited? And then, yeah, look for creative ways to apply it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, it has been so great. Well, I love what you have done. I, yeah, I love it too. Tell tell people again how they can get in touch with you. Yes, we are all over social media. You can get a good laugh at some really embarrassing videos that I've tried to make. Um, <laughs> but on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, we're uh, send a boxful at send a boxful, and then our website is send a boxful with two L's. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And I love what you're doing. Now it's time for our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's listener-led lesson comes from Wendy. Wendy says, when I was diagnosed with cancer and found out that I would be receiving chemotherapy, of course, I was devastated and scared. But one thing that really bothered me a lot was the thought of losing my hair. This might sound vain when faced with a life-changing diagnosis, but as a woman, our hair is really part of our identity. And if chemo isn't hard enough, the thought of having to go through life with visible side effects of the cancer treatment on top of the treatment felt like a lot. I started doing some research and discovered scalp cryotherapy. The idea is that by cooling the scalp and the hair follicles before, during, and after treatment, There is less blood flow to the hair follicles and thus less damage to the hair follicles from the chemo drugs. The success rate falls between 60 to 90% for the system I chose to use, the Penguin Cold Cap. Shout out to my husband, Trent, for changing out my cap every 25 minutes for nine hours each treatment session. Negative 28 degrees is pretty cold, but so far so good. I've been able to keep my hair. I call that a win. And other than some low iron for my treatments, I'm feeling really great. I wanted to share this option with others so that they know about this system as I did not before I was diagnosed. Ladies, please share away and keep this little nugget in your back pocket in case you or a loved one should ever need it. Thank you, Jen and Sherry, for all you do to help others. And again, that was called the Penguin Cold Cap. I had never heard of that before. I had not either. That is a very interesting idea. And look, I don't think that's vain at all, Wendy. But earlier in the episode, I just talked about my hair. We right. care about our hair. Hair matters. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is part of our identity. Yep. It really, really is. At the end of each show, we like to share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote comes from Marsha. The quote is, I've talked to many individuals who want to discuss their problems, but they don't really have problems. They have chosen to live in the wrong direction. They don't need a solution. They need a new direction. I think it is important to remember if you look at your life, whether it is your work, your marriage, or your friendships, and all you see are problems to be solved, that perhaps the real problem is that you're going in the wrong direction. Have you ever tried to paddle upstream? It's hard. But when you change direction, it feels easy. Figure out how to change course and make whatever it is that is troubling you easier. I love that. You don't need a solution. You need a new direction. Yep, that's great. Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to have you join us in the private Life Lessons VIP community. Go to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP to become a VIP podcast supporter. 
Your membership ensures that we can keep bringing you episodes of the Life Lessons podcast each week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Reviews really do help us reach new listeners. We're a community-driven podcast, and here's how you can be a part of our show each week. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you would like to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com or use the link in show notes and then listen each week to hear your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.